Hey, this is Drew Blackston, co-founder of Anchor Movement with my wife, Valerie. We are so excited you joined us today. We founded Anchor Movement on Hebrews 619, which says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We hope this message drops an anchor in your soul and propels you toward the destiny that God has for you. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in the Anchor Movement Podcast. My name is Drew Blackston, co-founder of Anchor Movement, and we are excited today to get back into the fourth installment of our Embrace the Delay series. And if you've been with us for this entire series, you know that the theme of our last three podcasts have been hashtag ETD, Embrace the Delay. And our, our first Embrace the Delay, we, we looked at the children of Israel and how they delayed themselves in the wilderness. And in the second one, I'm glad I wasn't there. We saw how Jesus purposely delayed a miracle, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, so that his disciples, so that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus himself could see the power of God and see the provision and the plan of God. And in our last Embrace the Delay series. It was, but he was a leper. And it was all about Naaman. And Naaman was this great warrior, but Naaman had a secret. Naaman had leprosy. And we see how Naaman's own rage almost caused him to miss God's miracle form. He delayed what God had for him because of his own anger. And I encourage you, if this is your first time listening to the Anchor Movement podcast, or this is a, you know, you've caught kind of the Embrace the Delay series, I encourage you to go back, listen to all of them. They really make a lot of sense as you go through the series with us. But today, excited, we're getting into something that we don't hear a whole lot about preached uh, from the pulpit because it's something that people don't always like to talk about uh, because it's things that go on behind the scenes. That that delay our prayers. And that's really where I want to jump in today. Uh, And we're going to start in Daniel 10. Daniel um, was one of the greatest uh, prophets that the Bible has ever seen, that really that Israel has ever seen. And if you read the book of Daniel, the first four books are really the story of Daniel and how he went from Israel to Babylon. And, you know, um, you know, Daniel in the lion's den is the popular Sunday school story, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were Daniel's friends, and, you know, what they went through in the fiery furnace. But the last part of Daniel is all his prophecies about the end times. And, and the book of Daniel is so detailed um, that many people think that it was written after what he prophesied came to be, but we all know that he wrote it beforehand, but that's how the world tries to go, well, maybe it's not, maybe it's so accurate because somebody wrote it afterwards, but but we know that, that Daniel, God gave Daniel these visions and these dreams of the future, and it is so accurate. It's just, it's mind-boggling when you, when you dig into it, but I want to dig into Daniel 10 today. And, and, and here's where, and let's just start with the scripture because it's easier just to do it that. So Daniel 10 says, In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the, the appointed time was long, and he understood the message, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till the whole three weeks were fulfilled. Now, that's the New King James Version. I really like the New Living Translation for verse 1. It says, In the third year 
of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. Daniel had gotten a word. He had gotten a vision. He had gotten some news. And this news was something to happen in the future. This word was something that was going to happen to Israel in the future. And it was times of war and great hardship. And this great war and hardship, this news really brought sorrow on Daniel. And he really started to become almost depressed by what he heard. The morning, uh, he felt deep sorrow for, for what he had heard. And he actually mourned for three whole weeks. And if you dig into the actual Hebrew, it, it, it kind of goes that he was in a state of deep depression and sadness because of what he heard. And, and I think a lot of times we get like that. You know, we hear something that's, that's either coming, we're anticipating it, or, you know, we have some news about maybe a sickness for a family member, or there's some bad, something that we were, you know, thinking was going to come in the future doesn't come. And it, and it dives us into this great mourning, this great sadness. And this is really where Daniel found himself. He knew something was coming. He knew something bad was in the future. And, and, and because of that, he was in a deep state of mourning and deep depression. Verse 3, now read that again. Verse 3 says that I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. It means he basically didn't take a bath till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel was in such a saddened state, he would not give himself any kind of pleasure. He wouldn't eat any good food. You know, he was sticking to broccoli and carrot sticks. He wouldn't go out for a Big Mac or PDQ or Chick-fil-A. No, he, he was only eating broccoli and carrot sticks. He wasn't taking a bath. He stank. He was so depressed he didn't even want to wash himself. And, and da- Daniel basically was just surviving. He was going through the motions of his life because of what he had heard. And, and I know that we're a lot like that too. We, we go through the motions because of things that we hear. But here's where Daniel is different from a lot of things that happen in our life. See, when the word came to Daniel, when the vision came to Daniel, he mourned. But he also prayed, and he kept praying. But that's when the delay showed up. See, it was three whole weeks of mourning. He asked for an answer or why this was going to happen on day one. And we see, really from verse one to three, that there was a three-week delay between when he first heard the word and first started praying to when God gave the answer. Daniel was so saddened on day one that he caused him to mourn for three whole weeks because he never heard from God. And that's where the delay showed up. The delay showed up because Daniel didn't get the answer. doesn't mean he didn't get the answer he wanted. He just didn't get a answer. And so he started to delay. You know, and I can only imagine what he's thinking. You know, he sees in this vision you know, this war and this, and this hardship that's coming for, for the people of Israel, for, for Christians in the future. And he sees it and he's like, he starts to think, where is God? You know, you know, how can this happen? How can this happen to the people of God, to the children of God? You know, does, does God even care? 
you know, in my own life, my wife and I, Valerie, uh, we we have two beautiful children. And Brooklyn, our first daughter, was a, was a, a normal pregnancy, delivery, everything was normal. About a year into Brooklyn's life, my wife and I started, decided to start having children again. And we got pregnant pretty quick. And, you know, for about the first three months, everything seemed pretty normal. But then one day I got a call from my wife at work and she was not, when I picked up the phone, I could tell something was wrong. And she said that, that she was going through some things in her body that told her that, that she was losing this baby. And so, you know, we went to the doctor and we did ultrasound and that confirmed that, that we had lost our second child in the third month of pregnancy. And we were devastated. Obviously, deep depression and sadness is something that, that doesn't even come to describe what it feels like to, to lose a child. Now, I cannot imagine what it feels like to lose a child outside of the womb, but inside of the womb, to me, it was just a situation that I, I wish on, I don't wish that on anybody, but it was just this state of, of really questioning God. You know, it was a life that God had given us. You know, the Bible says that I knit you together in my mother's womb. And so we really were questioning God, like, how could this happen? We were praying. We were believing God that this child was going to be healthy. You know, we were being obedient to God. We, we were doing everything that God had asked us to do. And we still lost this child. How does this happen? Did, did, where did this mix up? Where did God go in this situation? Well, about six months later, after we lost our child, really actually four months later, my wife got pregnant again. And, and we are so blessed that my wife's like fertile myrtle, and we can easily get pregnant. And I know there's a lot of families and couples out there that have difficulty getting pregnant, but, but, but we, lost, we lost that second child, but we got pregnant pretty quick afterwards. And I remember going to the doctor, and we were so excited again. And we went in for the ultrasound, and when they did the ultrasound, we didn't hear a heartbeat. They saw the baby. You know, it's about the size of a rice grain, but they didn't hear a heartbeat. And, and the doctor couldn't confirm that. He said there's a baby, but he couldn't confirm that, that the baby was living. And so he said, let's, let's come back in a week and do this again, because by that time you'll definitely hear a heartbeat. So we're driving home, and at the time, we lived about an hour from the OB. And so we're driving home, and, and my wife is crying, and I'm crying, and, and you know we're questioning again, you know, God, if you wanted us to get pregnant, if you want us to have the second child, then, then why are we going through this again to where we can't even hear the heartbeat? And we turned down this road that we live on, and we live on a, on a backcountry road, and it's very windy, and there's lots of trees, and as we're driving down this backcountry road, it, it seems like the morning is getting heavier and heavier, and, and it feels like the sadness is getting heavier and heavier in our life. And as we get closer to our house, we both start to notice something. In the distance, there's this big rainbow. And it's not unusual in our area for rainbows. We live near a really big lake. And so anytime there's moisture in the air or if it's raining, because of this lake, there's a lot of rainbows around where we live. And so we see this rainbow in the distance, and we don't think a lot of it, but, but as we get closer and closer and closer, this rainbow gets bigger and bigger. 
and bigger. And I don't know if you've ever heard, but they always call the child that comes after a miscarriage a rainbow baby. And we got closer and closer and closer. And as we pulled into the driveway of our house, that rainbow was right on top of our house. And that had never happened before. There had never, ever been a rainbow right on top of our house. Even as close as we live to the lake, even with all the rain, the rainbows are always in the lake. But at this moment, God put a rainbow on our house to say, trust in me. He said, I know you got to wait a week and I know there's a delay, but trust in me. And, and, you know, at that moment, it was like relief, but also doubt. There was still this moment of, of, okay, God, I see the rainbow, but I didn't hear the heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? And, and we still felt this a little bit of, I don't want to say anxiety, but a little bit of worry. And so it took a lot of us. We actually took a picture of that rainbow and we kept telling ourselves, God sent us a rainbow. God sent us a rainbow. God, even though we have to delay in this moment, even though we know what we came through losing the, the second child, God gave us this rainbow at this very moment. And Daniel was kind of dealing with the same thing. He saw what was going to happen and he had prayed to God for an answer, for a solution, for, for how is this all going to play out? But there was this delay and in verse 7, let's pick up there. In verse 7, it says, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. Now, Daniel, he'd gone down to, to, a, to a kind of a creek, basically. And he was with some people, and, and God showed him vision. He said, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell, fell on them, so that they fled and hid themselves. Now, here's where I want you to stop. The word of God in this moment was for Daniel alone. Notice that none of his friends, the people with him, saw the vision. When we talk to our neighbors, when we talk to people about the rainbow in our neighborhood, no one saw the rainbow. No one remembers that that rainbow was right on top of our house. At this very moment, the word of the Lord for Daniel was for Daniel. It may affect other people like it did in Daniel's life, but that word was directly for him. And it's the same with you. And this is not my my message for you today, but sometimes you don't need to run out and tell everybody what God's telling you. You know, we get excited about what God tells us and he gives you a, a direction or a vision. And then we run out and we talk to other people and and they don't have the same faith that we have. And they doubt it and they put doubt in our own mind. And it was almost as if at that moment with the rainbow, when we would talk to our neighbors, it was like God was saying, hey, I want you and your wife to stand on my word, to stand on faith together. You don't need to talk to anybody else. You just need to stand together, your family. And that's the same thing that was happening here with Daniel, too. Daniel saw the vision. No one else needed to see it. Verse 11 said, and he said to him, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. Check that out. God sent an angel to Daniel at this moment to talk to him. And he said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved. God's love never changed for Daniel. God's love didn't change in the delay. Daniel's answer was delayed for three weeks, 
but God's love was still there. In the New Living Translation, it says, And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. I'm here to tell you today that you are precious to God, that God loves you so much. This time of year, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter. God loves you so much, he sent his only son to die for you. God loves you. And you might be in a delay moment. You might be in a moment where you're waiting to hear from God. And you might question and wonder, where's God? Does God love me? I'm here to tell you that you are precious. You are loved. He looks at you and he says, child, I love you. You know, with my children, it's the simple things. And we like to sing the little songs. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. You are still a child of God. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be two and a half years old, like like little Brooklyn, my daughter, or you can be 105. You are a child of God, and He loves you, and His plans for you are for good and not for harm, to give you hope and a future. I'm telling you that even in your delays, even in your moments where you don't see God, you don't feel God, He still loves you. And at this very moment, God wanted to relay that to Daniel. Daniel had been mourning. He had been sad. But God wanted to tell Daniel, you are precious to me, Daniel, and I love you. The rest of verse 11 goes on to say, listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he had said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Daniel, God had sent Daniel the answer. But he wanted Daniel to know, I love you, Daniel. Even if I hadn't sent the answer, I love you. In joy, God's love for us is great. In sadness, his love is great. God's love doesn't change based on the situation that we're in. He still loves you. And in the moment where we had lost our, our daughter, or our, we, we always say it was a daughter because we have two daughters, but in the moment where we lost our second child, God still loved us. God didn't, he didn't take our child. He didn't kill our little baby. But he just wanted to tell us, he still loves us. He sent that rainbow to say, Drew, I still love you. I still sent my son you're still going to spend eternity with me in heaven. And there is nothing on this earth that can change that. And I'm here to tell you the same thing. There's a lot of crap going on in this world. There's a lot of bad stuff. But there is nothing that can change the love of God. And I don't know why this is not really in my notes, and I just feel like I need to kind of stay in this moment. But, But God's love does not change. He loves you when you're down, He loves you when you're on top of the mountain. God loves you no matter whether you're in sin or out of sin. He loves you no matter where you're at with your marriage, where you're at with your kids, where you're at in school. His love never changes. And someone out there just needs the encouragement to know that God loves them. And in this moment, Daniel was the same way. He was mourning for three whole weeks. He just needed to know that God loved him. If the angel who came to Daniel to give him the answer had just stopped right there, there was the encouragement Daniel needed enough. You are precious to God. I got this. The whole world is in my hands, and I love you.
Let's go to verse 12. Then the angel said to Daniel, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the king of Persia. Check that out. From day one. Verse 12 says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Daniel had set his heart to understand what God was doing from the very first moment that he had the vision. From the very first moment that Daniel had been saddened and began mourning what he saw in his vision, he had set his heart to find out what God wanted in that situation. And that's where we got to stay. At the very first moment that something happens in our life, at the very first moment where bad things come, or at the very first moment we're faced with a decision, at that very first moment we need to seek God. At that very first moment we need to set our heart and say, no matter what comes my way, no matter where I'm going, no matter what's going on, I am setting my sails towards God. I am not moving from this moment until I hear from God. And that's where Daniel was at. He was not going to let anything around him change his direction. He was going to stay with his heart positioned towards God. And notice what God did. God responded immediately. He said, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your words are were heard. And I have come because of your words. He came at the very moment that Daniel began seeking God. He humbled himself. He said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this vision means. I don't know where to go in my life. He humbled himself. And God sent the answer right away. And there's the key right there for a lot of us. You know, we question God. We don't understand where we're at. When we're in these delay moments in our life, Just humble yourself. Say, God, I don't know. Don't get on Google. No reason to get on Google. Don't try to figure it out on our own. Just say, God, I humble myself before you. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I seek your face. You know, Daniel was deeply saddened and grieved, but he kept seeking after God. He kept seeking God. And and the sorrow didn't push him away from God. But the sorrow in the moment brought him closer to God. Not only did Daniel start to seek God on day one, but he sought God for the next 21 days, for the next three weeks. And that angel came or started to come on day one. But for 21 days, the angel was delayed. And, and if, you, if you read commentaries... It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. That is a demonic angel withstood the angel from God. The angel that was was bringing Daniel the answer stood or was fought by a demonic angel. So for 21 days, those two angels fought each other. And Michael, the archangel... The, the, the biggest, baddest angel in all of heaven, he had to come and whip 
that demonic angel's rear end so he could, so the angel of the lord could get through and get to daniel now let me stop right here god's power was not delayed by satan in this moment there is no power struggle in heaven I, at that moment that that angel that demonic angel showed up to stop god's angel god could have flipped his pinky and that angel would have been thrown against the wall but but many times what satan uses for harm God uses to develop our faith. In that moment, those two angels were delayed, or that angel was delayed because of that demonic angel. But God was using that situation for Daniel to develop his faith. He was going to continue to pray, continue to seek God. But what if Daniel had given up on day seven? If he had quit praying at day 14? If he had stopped seeking God at day 20? Would that angel who was fighting to get an answer to him, would, would he have given up as well? Never give up. In that moment, Daniel kept seeking God. He kept praying. For those three weeks, he kept looking for God. He kept seeking God. He kept praying to God. You know, in our own life, in Valerie and I's life, we only had a week delay between our first OB appointment and when we went back to, to hear if our third child had a heartbeat. And God sent that rainbow to remind us to keep praying, to keep seeking. But for that whole week, what if we had given up? What if we just said, well, it's just going to be like the last one. We're going to lose this one too. What if we had just given up? Then maybe we wouldn't have seen our third child. But just like Daniel didn't give up, we didn't give up either. And I encourage you not to give up. If you're waiting on God, if you're in a delay moment, if there's something in your life that, that is unresolved, don't give up. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep pushing towards God. He loves you. He wants to see your life fulfilled Keep seeking God. Jesus in Luke 18, he said this. Then he spoke a parable to them that men, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was a certain in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? God will avenge you speedily. You know, there could be things that are delaying our prayers that we know nothing about. Daniel didn't have any idea that there was a demonic force that was delaying the answer to his prayer. You know, we question God, we blame him for the delay, and, and sometimes we even give up. And I've done this in my own life. 
you know, Valerie and I are going through some uh, a transition right now in our own life. And, and about two years ago, I'd been questioning God of where he wanted us to go and what he wanted us to do. And, and I'd just given up because I didn't hear from him. But as we moved into this season, God gave me these messages or thoughts on embracing the delay. And, and I've really started to put those into my own life. Embrace the delay that God has for you. See, Daniel's prayer was heard immediately, but the delay came from opposition wanting to stop the answer. The opposition saw a moment of weakness. He saw Daniel saddened. He saw Daniel mourning, and he said, in that moment, if I can get him to stop praying, stop seeking God, then maybe I can stop this answer. And that's what the enemy tries to do in your life, too. He sees you in a weak moment. He sees you, and he says, maybe if I can get her to stop, maybe if I can get him convinced that God doesn't love him, that his life is worthless, then maybe I can get him off this planet. Or maybe if I can tell her enough times that she's not beautiful, that no man would think she's pretty, then maybe I can get her into some kind of eating disorder. Maybe I can turn her life towards alcohol. But I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And in your delays and in your moments of weakness, turn to God. The Bible says, for when I am weak, then he is strong. In our weakness, God is strong. In our strength, God is stronger. I am telling you that in your delays, in your moments of weakness, God's got the answer for you. He's sending that answer to you. You know, we went back to the doctor a week later after seeing the rainbow. Valerie jumped up on the ultrasound table. And and as we were going into the hospital, we just kept repeating, God sent us a rainbow. God sent us a rainbow. God sent us a rainbow. And when they hooked the ultrasound machine up to Valerie's belly, there was a heartbeat. And if you've never heard the heartbeat of a baby in the womb, it sounds like a drum. It's going like 150 beats a minute. To me, it was like hearing angels sing at that moment. But I knew that God had sent us a rainbow. I had doubted a little bit that week, but every time I started to doubt, I said, God sent us a rainbow. Every time the enemy said, that baby's not going to live. You're going to have the same problem you had. I just said, God sent me a rainbow. God sent me a rainbow. I just want to encourage you, never give up. God sent his son for you. God loves you. God's got an answer to your prayer. It's coming. You don't know why it's delayed. You don't know in what moment it's coming. Don't give up. Never give up. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for these people who are listening right now. God, I just want to encourage them to never give up. Father, I ask that you'd give them peace in all their situations. Lord, give them comfort. Lord, give them strength that in their moments of weakness, they, re- they would rely on you. Father God, we love you and we thank you for your son. We thank you that he went to the cross to die for our sins. God, we thank you more importantly that he rose again on the third day. Father, we give you all praise and all glory and all honor. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.